This is a podcast from Rover. Well, as the uh, climate changes, and I think it's pretty hard to argue against that, farmers need to be making their summer crops more resilient to those weather pattern changes. Now, a recent ag research study and trial looked at just that, finding summer-safe multi-species mixes for the old summer forage crops. Now, Nuffield Scholar, farmer and ag first consultant, Phil Weir, joins us now to tell us about this. Uh, welcome on to the show, Phil. First of all, have you, have you summered well? Yeah, I've summered, I've summered very well. As a, as a Waikato farmer, I was pretty lucky. We got to go down to Wanaka and, and enjoy some sun down there while it's, while it's rained at home um, sort of the entire time. So sort of while summers have been the challenge for the five years that we've been farming, um, this year's certainly been one out of the box in terms of the the climate, so it's been it's been pretty wet where we are. So um, I've summered well, and and the farms actually summered pretty well. Yeah, when you were down in Wanaka, did you not did you bump into the landed gentry Dom George at any stage down there? You didn't didn't come. No, across? I didn't. I didn't, yeah. didn't bump into him, but we definitely had a, a really good breakdown there. The weather yeah. was the weather was cracking. So yeah, yeah. right. Now tell us about what you looked at in this trial. Yeah, so what we were looking for was um, our business has been focused on on um, dairy heifers and, and young dairy beef cattle, so taking um, calves often from 100 to 200 kilos. And what we wanted to come up with was, or to, to think about was how, how can we do that, create a crop that um, is resilient and has some bank feed uh, in a paddock um, rather than needing to, to sort of feed out. We've done systems where we've been feeding palm kernel, we've been feeding baleage and, you know, running around um, sort of feeding out the whole time and what we wanted was an in-situ crop and what we thought of was rather than bringing um, the sort of the roughage into the animal through hay or, or silage or and, and the fibre, could we grow a, a sort of a complete ration um, in the paddock and we, we sort of thought, well, why don't we start with something that's grown pretty readily in terms of a brassica crop, we know it's high-quality stuff um, and then add in some other things. Um, that, that means that I don't have to start the tractor. I can set up the brakes over the over the summer, and then effectively they, they the cattle kind of take care of themselves um, uh, in the paddock. So that was the, that was the rough idea of it. Um, and you know, the, the the driver really was that any time you sort of start up your tractor or start feeding out from a livestock business, you're really starting to cost yourself um, money. So that was the that was the driver for it. Um, and then. Ag research got involved and, and um, I suppose looked at a whole heap of different mixes um, that that could maybe do this. So looked at um, single species, so you see so classic sort of um, rape crop, um, then added in some clovers and some um, herbs and some grasses and then right through to sort of um, 20 species mixes and then compared each of those to see basically how they how they grew and if there was any difference around, you know, weed weed incursion, and then actually what the the, the me um, the me was of the the feed that it that it produced, and um, I suppose alongside the sort of the plots, the small plots, you know, little metre by metre stuff, where you sort of grew it at a, on a, on a commercial basis as well, just to sort of get a feel for how the how the um, thing would work from a farming perspective, you know, whether there was any sort of challenges around keeping the bugs away or sprays and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that was the that was the basis of the trial, yeah. 
So what did you find, Phil? I mean, did it, I guess, in a nutshell, did it work? I mean, have you had, have you been able to cut down on starting up the tractor? And which species did you find the perfect mix? Yeah, so we didn't, didn't find the perfect mix. Um, and probably if, you know, it would have been nice. I mean, probably with all science, I'd like to do them over three or four or five years. Um, what we did find was that um, jumping from sort of three or four species up to 20 didn't seem to have a whole lot of difference in terms of... Um, you know, feed feed growing. What we found is that as you started to add more species um, to the mix, it became harder to control weeds. You know, chemistry is fairly specific, and um, you know your chemistry got more expensive if you were trying to you know control weeds. Like we're a commercial farm, so what we don't want is some yellow bristle grass or some other types of weed species coming in through our cropping program. So it was sort of a case of managing that. Um, we found that the recommended grass species sort of um, didn't have a whole lot of value um, because of just the, the we didn't get the timing right about when each of the crop each of the components of the mixes would be would be ready and, and ultimately the oats sort of lost their lost their seed so the, the birds were the ones that benefited most from that. Um, I suppose going going forward and sort of outside of the trial, we found that. Um, the herbs like the, the plantain, the, the ecotain, which was included within the mix, wasn't really that um, visible during the trial. But actually now, in our pastures, we, we're seeing it there, sort of ha- having finished up with the trials and having just planted, you know, ryegrass and white clover back in there. Then that plain plantain's still there. So from that perspective, it provided a bit of a cover crop. Um, you know, so we, we got a little bit of an extra grazing in that autumn period, which which last year was needed. Not sure if it will be this year. Um, and, and then actually, it's persisted pretty well into a second season outside of the um, outside of the trial. So it's a pretty good result, I guess. Um, hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's a, we that's did find interesting like stuff. The, yeah, yeah, we did find a little bit on the um, animal side of things that probably a challenge for us was. Um, the, the variability. So, yeah. um, when you've just got a straight kale or rape crop, you know, the paddock's pretty much the same. What we found a little bit with the the mixed species is that in one area you could have some really high quality sort of rocket fuel stuff, and then in other parts of the paddock, um, maybe not quite the same yeah. sort yeah, of so rocket fuel. So that that made sort of just the on farm feed budgeting, but a little bit, a little bit of more difficult. But um, it was an interesting project, I guess. I think it's interesting that you say that the the difference of having maybe three to four species versus going right the way up to 20 actually wasn't that great and then you have those added weed issues. So perhaps it's better to stick with keeping it sort of simple in a way and then and trying to get a bit more consistency with um, yeah. a smaller amount of species. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, the bit which probably was a bit of a mindset change would be often when you're putting in crops, you're putting them in because paddock's got a bit of a weed issue and you're able to put in a kale or a, or a rape and then you can kind of clean it up as you grow it with, with chemistry. This wasn't something you could do here so you, you sort of have to be putting it into a pretty clean clean area um, to, to start with and then probably the bit to be thinking about is if you're growing a brassica and you've got say a plantain or a chicory or something in amongst it, um, how does that fit for your system in the next year and and this trial, I mean, I think that the science has said, you know, it was a trial on one farm over one season. But what could be interesting is how you could use three or four sort of species in a crop to sort of get some longer term 
objectives going and maybe save on a bit of seed cost over your three or four year time horizon. So, yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Oh, we'll keep in touch with this and see how it all goes in terms of uh, in terms of these the more challenging times over the summer and the fact there's going to be more uh, more calves likely to be coming onto the market due to to, to frontier changes and the like. And uh, so we'll keep up to date with that. That is Phil Weir joining us there. Uh, this recent ag research uh, study over the finding summer safe multi species mixes for summer uh, forage crops. You're listening to Rex Rural Exchange. We're going to kick right on with things here because uh, our man Dom George, executive producer of the show, has been very busy. A group of leading academics are calling for the Taurus Airport proposal to be scrapped. Christchurch Airport has bought up uh, 750 hectares of central Otago farmland in the hopes of uh, one day building an international airport. Sounds a bit like Montana, an episode of Yellowstone. But 11 of New Zealand's leading academics have signed an open letter calling for the plan to be scrapped. Uh, Dom George caught up with the man who brought the group together, Professor James Hyam from Otago University. 